Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's bright glare The bombs bursting in still there Oh say does that star spangled banner yet away O'er the land of the free and the home of the This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Mickey broke the record at Camp Denny's on oysters, about however many you can eat. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 40 years, and along with winning numerous national and local tournaments, Captain Mickey was recently inducted into the Saltwater Legends Hall of Fame. Uh, the reason I broke the record is I don't think I had enough money in my pocket to pay for all of them. Because if you break the record, everybody with you eats free. Now here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Saturday morning. It's 6.03 here in the Bayou City, and happy Veterans Day to everybody out there. We really do appreciate it. And let's head down to Corpus. Let's check in with Captain Cliff Webb this morning. Cliff, what's up? Morning, Mickey. Well, Good it's morning. not raining at the moment. <laughs> it's not raining at, at the, the moment. At the moment. Boy, there's a big old glob down below you, though. It's just offshore. Oh, yeah, boy. I've kind of been hanging that way. You know, it's probably going to get it. But we've had about an inch. We've had about an inch of rain here in the last uh, day or so. Just kind of a drizzle. No, it's not too bad. 
No, no, it's good. Actually, good trout fishing weather. I, I just kind of been in the repair repairs mode all week, just trying to get uh, <laughs> my shoulders. I got my shoulders injected on Tuesday. God, what well, finally that stuff finally kicked in last night. Where you know I got a little bit of sleep. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. When your shoulders go bad and you can't sleep, it's it's kind of bad. But anyway, boy, that that's what I heard. I'm so thankful that I hadn't had any trouble with that. And my one bad knee is enough. Sometimes I lay on it wrong, and oh man, it'll yeah. wake you up. Tell you about <laughs> I've it. got all that stuff. Yeah, you know, and so and, I guess and boy, if my shoulders were messed up like yours. I mean, what do you have to sleep on your back when they're like that? You can't sleep yeah, on your side. Yeah. No, you just sleep in a recliner. But you know, like. I go to bed like one o'clock. Yeah, I, try, I try to go sleep about one o'clock, get up about three o'clock. But last night, man, I finally got like an hour of sleep last night between one and about three, you know, but not getting much sleep, dude. They go in there and they, they scope it with a machine. They, they stick that needle in those cracks, you know, on your, in your shoulder and they eject them. Well, it hurts like heck for a couple of days. Then that stuff starts kicking in. So that's what I got now. So I should be able to, I should be a fishing machine next week. <laughs> I'll be good for about three months. It's, it's wonderful stuff, man. Awesome. But it's all good. Yeah, all good. I mean, I've got this great picture from Barry, my buddy. Uh, he's in Laredo, and they shot about a about a 300-pound boar hog. That thing's got some teeth on it, man. I guess he shot Good it Lord. That thing is a monster, man. God. That's man. a big pig, man. When you, it when, is. It's a, I mean, when you start busting 200, 250, those are giant. Yeah. I can only imagine what a 300 looks like. Yeah, it's got them shoulders where he's kind of kneeling behind, and you can barely see him over the shoulders. <laughs> <He's barely. laughs> Hogzilla. Russell's, over the shoulders. Yeah, Russell's, Russell's disappearing on that time, man. It's pretty That's cool. a man-eater right there. Uh, he is, dude. It is, man. But uh, I got to hunt with my son last weekend. Cody came in from Houston, and, uh, of course, it was 90 degrees in the blind. We didn't see nothing. You know, we just got to spend some time with him about all, but that was a terrible opening day. South Texas weather-wise, you know, we missed it. Yeah, about it was. Days we just kind of missed our window there. It was too early, but it was all good, man, all good, Mickey. But, oh, one thing I want to tell you, I messed the name up on that big fish. It was Cole that caught that fish, not Cameron. The two boys were Cameron and Cole, and uh, I got them mixed up. I had a senior moment there. But anyway, Cole caught that big fish last week, and I realized that. I said, man, I just, you know. Anyway, I, I called my kids by the wrong name, so I, I apologize, you know. So anyway. Cole, I apologize. I know you caught Well, you earned it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I earned my senior night. That's right. Yeah, it's all right, Bob. But anyway, it's all good. Looking for a, a really good week this week. Hope uh, this rain's going to dump on it, I think, uh, Monday. I don't think I'm going to be able to fish Monday, but hopefully. Yeah, Monday's not looking too good. As long as next Monday's fine, that's that's all I'm good for. Oh, I got a special, next, special time, don't we? Man, you're coming. Yeah, next Monday and Tuesday, we're coming. Unless you call us and tell us otherwise, we get a bad it, weather window or something. But it's going to have to be really bad, Mickey. It's going to have to be really bad. As <laughs> long as it don't have a name on it. Yes, as long as it ain't you know where I can get somewhere. You know, I like. I hope it's cold. I hope it's just miserably cold and drizzly and the worst weather you've ever seen. We'll catch some pigs. You know, I love these people that they come down after the big cold, like. It's real cold Monday and Tuesday. Come in Thursday. You think it's going to be great? No, the bite's over. I mean, you know, yeah. they feed like crazy, and, they, and you catch them, but not like you catch them when they when they shut down on pressure and they haven't eaten for a couple of days, and they they feel that need to gorge, and that's that's what is magic about those cold fronts, you know. But uh, there were some really good fish caught in that last cold front, Mickey. I know all up and down the coast, I saw pictures of big fish being caught. Yeah, I did too. I was, I was impressed. That's uh, that just goes to show you mm-hmm. the numbers of fish we have. And uh, you know, you, you, were, you and Jade were talking about the age class of fish. 
and mm-hmm. how we how down here right now our age classes are all the way through mickey i mean every age class of fish are here it's just nuts you get into some 14 15 inches and you can pull down the shoreline a couple of miles and get into three and four pounders move and get real shallow find some big ones it's not all pencils like some years you lose that major those right. major, those big fish. so you know you just lose them and you know right now we, we've got them in our system i'm thinking this winter somebody's going to get a really big fish this winter i just it's got that feeling the way things are looking unless something happens with nature you know maybe well, maybe jay will get one down there in mansfield or the elusive double digit trout yeah we've come close a couple of times i've seen some close ones but national actual you know big double digit one is they're hard to find man well in the further end of the winter and uh towards spring we get the heftier those fish get they start piling a lot of weight on them with all this foraging going on it's amazing the amount of fat that a fish can put on between the their back fin and in, in, in their anal fin there how much weight they put on that tail in the winter uh-huh. that's, that, that's when i look at a picture of a big fish when they're holding their hand around the tail of that big fish i want to know how thick it is around the tail you can really tell the weight from that tail you know from that you know how much weight how big that fish is and then yes. the tail if the tail doesn't they start have getting that stump it, look towards the end stomp and the little tips of the tails are real black and, and pointed like a flash water. You know, that's a big fish, you know. But uh, I, I love seeing those big ones, man. And uh, so the other night we've got the, we have these canals uh, all up and down our area here. And uh, my, we go out in the canal real early one morning, turn the boat around. And there is a trout under the light in the canal that has to be 34 inches. And everybody's trying to catch this fish, and nobody can catch it. They tried flies, they tried lies shrimp, and that fish got this big old bottom lip hanging out, and it doesn't even look at nothing. It swam off the other night, but this whole neighborhood is trying to catch this fish. It's pretty nuts. And that fish ain't having nothing to do with nobody, you know. Man, what a fish. Oh, I don't know where he came from. Never seen it, you know. I lived here most of my life. Never seen nothing like that in the lights, and he ain't taking nothing. (laughs) He's not taking nothing, buddy. That's why he's big. He's a selective yeah, feeder. Yeah. He so knows he knows the drill, <laughs> or she does. Oh, yeah, that's that's crazy, man. But uh, yeah, it's just funny this time of year. I, I love looking at old records and what we do in this time of year. And you know, James talking about December. Our December is just off the chart here for numbers of fish. And you look at the old days. By the first of November, by the first cold front, we had tons of working birds in the back of bath and all on Alazon. You know. Uh-huh that yard well there's tons of birds and now we just don't have that and you know we wonder i talked i asked the biologist what is that all about we still got the shrimp why don't we have all those working birds nobody can tell me that yeah, i just don't get it you know why don't they work those piles of fish like they used to i you don't know, know. it's just you weird got, we get, well, we, we well get you get know birds. you got the fish we got the fish uh is there so <laughs> much is there so much bait everywhere they're not schooling up targeting areas of bait or is there just so much bait everywhere they don't have to i don't get it but I, don't I, sh- I should be able to pull in the bay with a pair of binoculars and look from Alazon and just the, and, and all the front of the bath and all the front of the, you know, the, the badlands, all that stuff and see fish. You know, now there's tons of fish, tons of slick, but the birds aren't on them. And the like of birds, too. Maybe it's that because the like of seagulls are gone. I don't know yeah. if the hurricane bloom I've told you that before, but our like of birds here. Are just They all live up here by me at the uh, waste management landfill. Man, you want to talk about some... <laughs> Gulls, yeah. dump gulls, I man. That's where they're at. I think that's where they're at, man. Garbage eaters. Yeah, that's it, buddy. But uh, yeah, just uh, that was such an easy deal to go out there and just uh, 
to find those big flocks of birds. Talk about a no-brainer for a guy. You just pull up there and drop the trolling motor down and, and say cast low, you know, throw under the birds, and it's just all day long. And now, you know, you get out and you find sign, you find the bag, you find the slick, you find the humps and stuff, you catch a fish. But, you know, it's not like just pulling out there and pulling the binoculars out for three or four weeks and just hammering the four- or five-pound trout on the bird. We're not talking about dinks. We're talking about 20 to 25-inch fish on the bird. Awesome. Yeah, but, uh, do you still have the bird activity in Galveston? Yeah, we've somewhere? we've got you know, but it's man, it's not worth messing with because they're all juveniles. You know, they're that thirteen, fourteen, fifteen inch range, and I mm-hmm. I don't even mess with them. Mm-hmm. But uh, all right, man. But there'll be yeah. a time. You know, we we've we've caught seven and eight pound trout under the birds back in the day. We too. I had uh, one of my guys, Ed Akins, he's lived in Sweetwater, catch a 10-pounder on a bird on a Mansfield mauler. How about so this that? Is the coolest thing. So he, uh, he's got a spinning rod, and we're drifting up the birds. He takes the spinning rod, he throws it out behind the boat, behind the drift, you know, and sets yeah. it in the holder with about a four-foot leader on it with a little grub tail, a little twister tail. And he's never caught a 10-pound trout. And every time I'm with him, I catch a big trout, and I, and I give him a hard time. Come on, Ed. Come on, man. I look around, that spinning rod is bowed up like it can't bow anymore. And he caught that fish drifting on the backside of those birds, like maybe 50 yards on the outside, deep side. That big fish was lurking on the outside. Wow. And that fish was 32 and a half inches and uh, caught his first 10-pounder with a spinning rod. I think it had like eight-pound test on it. So we had to pull the drift anchor up and follow him with the trolling motor for a while to get him. But, man, I remember that. That was a great day. Amazing. That's You yeah. just never know. You just really you don't. You never know don't man you don't you don't never know when they're coming you know it's always it and some of those big fish are when you don't expect them like the other day we didn't expect to catch that big fish out of the boat i mean you don't really catch a lot of monsters this time of year you know out of the boat every once in a while most time you catch them up there in that knee deep wave you know when they get up there and mullet but that was a that fish is in four or five foot of water that's pretty crazy well doug bird used to catch some big ones out of the boat back in the day because it was hey we Blaine and I got him to wade fish with us one time up here when he was in town, him and Bob Houston, and all he uh-huh. did was bitch and gripe the whole time about wading, and we're catching the heck out of fish. He said, <laughs> we could do this out of the boat. I said, "Not, no, you can't. Not with us, you can't. <laughs> oh, I remember some things. Oh, I got a question for you. A listener texted me, uh, said, said a while back, Cliff mentioned he bought a new surfboard. Would you ask him what he rides? Well, you know, it's funny because I, right now I'm riding a Walden. Uh, I've always, you know, rode Rusties all my life, old Rusties and stuff. Kriegendorfer uh, shaped them for me and stuff. But now that I'm an old fart, <laughs> I'm getting on those longer boards. I just kind of get something somebody's got in the garage. <laughs> I'm with you. Know, you. I'm just trying to just trying to stay on top of it. That's all I'm trying to do. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know hey, so you're still surfing, to, man. Yeah. Let, let tell you, what, I, I thought. Well, I thought you know. The surf was great this week. I surfed a lot this week. It was beautiful. Water is 80 degrees. It's beautiful, you know. Well, it probably 75. It felt like 80, probably 75. But anyway, so I surfed and thinking that the shoulder would help. Man, let me tell you what, every paddle was painful. I'm thinking, I thought it would work it around. But, uh, you know, if you don't do it, everything else falls apart. So just trying to keep all the cardio and stuff going with the surfing. We'll see what happens. But now it's wetsuit season. Yeah, I think I'm done. Probably get I think you're done. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm done because I ain't putting a wetsuit on and you know. Oh, put, put your Batman on. suit on and get after it, no. baby. <laughs> no more ice cream headaches for me. I love those wetsuits when you duck underwater and that and that water goes over your head and you get that ice cream headache real quick. I That's it, that. brain freeze. <laughs> I'm over that. 
I'm over the ice cream. All right. Now. Let me knock his break out, Cliff. Right. Be right back, buddy. Hang right. on. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about Danco Sports Incorporated. They're an industry-leading manufacturer of pliers and knives, all accessories for anglers worldwide. Danco's committed to providing affordable, high-quality products to the fishing community with over 400 plier and knife options to choose from. They're premium pliers and sheaths. They're what I use. They have outstanding quality and performance, and no inshore or offshore boat should be without a couple of pair of these. They're solid machined and have an integrated jaw, and uh, they're crimper and titanium cobalt cutters. Plus, they have a lifetime warranty. That cobalt cutter is so super sharp, it even cuts braided line. And no boat should be without Danco fillet knives. They come in a variety of sizes, a full-tang German stainless steel blade, and I like them better than the Bubba, Bubba blade at half the price. And Danco knives have a dual-molded grip for superior control while you're filleting your catch in a DuPont Teflon-coated blade. That's Danco Sports Incorporated. You can do it with Danco. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, 620 here in the Bayou City. All right, Cliff, we're back, man. All right, buddy. Good deal, man. Well, Good how stuff. you how are you rigging and how are you chunking? What are you throwing? Where are you going? What all that good yeah, stuff? Is, yeah. <laughs> it's just you know it's the time of the year where I just love it because when that water temperature drops like this, the bite is so much better. You know, it just they're they're so much more committed to the bite. I, I got to say, you know, instead of that hot, 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 you know, where they just don't want to eat. And so now the one thing is you got to bite all day long. You don't have that fighting the heat in the morning where you get an early morning bite and the water heats up and they shut down. They can bite all day long now. That's that's the one thing I love about it, you know. And uh, I, I like two things to, to do this time of year. When it's really, really cold, I, I, I fish a lot of soft plaques on the bottom and, and corkies. As soon as, as soon as that air temperature just moves a little bit above water temperature, I go to suspension base. You know, like double Ds and corkies. When mm-hmm. those fish pull up off the bottom because they got their belly in the mud, and those plastics seem to dance around them long enough, they'll, they'll reach over there and suck one in. But when they pull off that bottom and uh, they start moving around a little bit, they kind of they'll edge up on the edge of these flats, and that warm water will pull over that flat, and they'll feel it. And then they'll, when that warm water pulls over that flat, they'll enter that flat that's got that water flowing over the edge. And that's when that's when the bite's on. And uh, a lot of places we sit, we'll sit on a deep drop-off and watch the edges. And then... When you see the bait pull over the edges, you know, that's the time to get up on the flats. Other than that, you're fishing drop-offs, you know, like going where the fish are. And so I'm starting out usually in the morning. If it's been a really cold night, I'll probably start out with a, with a bass assassin, you know, like a – I love that uh, little John XL watermelon red. I just love it, you know, that big one with the light head. Right. And then I go to the double D and a corky. And then, you know, I think about in the old days when, when these guys come down the 90s and stuff, before the corkies, 80s and stuff – the amount of fish we caught on a topwater, Mickey, and I think what it is is that's all one of the only things we had for really big fish, you know, that would target big fish was big topwater, and we mm-hmm. caught a lot of big ones. But I think of those days when it was so cold in the morning, those fish had moved out five or six foot, and they're laying in the mud, and we're throwing over the top of them, asking them to come up five or six foot when they're cold. The time that they got there, you pulled it away from them. Yeah. You think about that. The time they eased up there under to look at it, You've already made another cast 20 feet. You've already taken it away from them. Exactly. Taken away from them. And so when you do fish, 
a topwater in the winter, it's so important to make several casts in that one spot and pause that bait. The pause in the winter is the most important thing. You know, all, you, know you talk about that a lot. You know, you'll, I remember one time you said that you're working a topwater and you had to stop and put it on your arm and light a cigarette and then hit it. And that's sometimes <laughs> that's what they want. I, that's, that's the truth, Mickey. And it's, I've seen that happen so many times. How many times you've seen that happen where a guy is just working the heck out of you, stops it. The one, one of the biggest fish I've caught, you know, one of the top tens was uh, with a backlash. I hit my stringer. <laughs> you know how you'll kind of sidearm to make it, you know, to the wind, and I hit my stringer float and got me a nice little backlash, and I'm sitting there picking it out. Naturally, it was Brady line, and uh, you know how hard that can be sometimes. And mm-hmm. I got it out, and I'm reading up my slack, and I'm going, where's my lure at out there? It was a topwater just floating around out there, a bone uh, jumping minnow. And uh, my line's behind me. This fish had swallowed that jumping minnow. I mean, sucked it all the way down to the crushers and swam by me and behind me. And when I, when I reeled up the slack, I set the hook from to the left side behind me. I'm going, what in the world? And then I saw that mouth come up. I go, sweet baby Jesus, look at this one. <laughs> Boy, I'm really good. I got the presentation. Caught Caught one oh, just man. under ten pounds on a on a backlash. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! God Almighty, man, that's good. Rather stuff. be lucky than good. Oh, I know it, you know. And, and another thing that I look at too now, I'm really enjoying. So, I got this big closet, and I'm trying to I'm trying to purge all my junk because I know one day I'm not gonna be around these poor kids of mine gonna inherit all this junk we got in the closet. So my wife and I made a pact: we're gonna get rid of some of the junk so we don't have to give it to the kids. So, but I got these just bunches of shoe boxes full of photographs. You know, back in the old days we had cameras, so we took photographs and. You took all these pictures and stuff. It's not so much the fish, Mickey. It's the background. So yeah. I look at these pictures in bath, and I go, that shoreline used to look at like that. There's no windmill. I mean, there's no – there's that. that's the same place. You know, it's just like the background and these pictures are just amazing, much less the it, fish. Yeah. You know, but the background of these fish are just incredible. You know, seeing this nothing, not one single boat, not one single nothing in that entire bay with the photo. They were the only ones there, Mickey. Uh-huh. Now, that has changed. The background pictures have changed. And the background pictures of the marina, like when you hold up pictures of the marina and take pictures now of people with fish and stuff, how much all that's changed. But uh, and so I thought about throwing them all away, and I said, man, if I throw them all away, I'm going to forget. <laughs> so I try to keep all that stuff. I know, you know, man. It's too bad we don't have a saltwater museum. Oh, you know, God. An, I know. an inshore and, and an offshore, just combine the two uh, mm-hmm. museum for that kind of stuff to – put old relics in these yeah david mcgee did that that biologist i used to used to fish with a lot my dad's biologist david mcgee is a great guy here and he's had the most incredible picture i sent you pictures of all the bingo lures and all the old stuff he had he had right. teddy, teddy roosevelt all teddy roosevelt's rods he, he caught carpenter with in port aransas he's refurbished all that stuff and he donated to a, a museum in port aransas which i thought was really really neat cool so so we can all see it you know yeah but, uh, yeah let's uh We've come a long way in a short while, I can tell you that. Yeah, it is, you know, and I don't realize what I where I've been until I get all those dozens of shoeboxes full of photographs. And I go, oh, my God, I don't even remember that year. I go back, I go, here's 2003. Look at all these big shots. Who's that person? I go, oh, yeah, I remember him. He caught a 30-incher. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, oh, there's then, something else. You know, you see the photos and you go, yeah, I used to take that guy all the time, you know. And, and he uh, did. That's another one that gets me. How many of your people now he's, he's lost? I've lost They're dead. Like, I mean, all, all the guys are dead, are man. 
That's it, bud. That's a sad thing to say, but it's true. And I'm fishing with kids and grandkids. That's what the neatest thing. I got several grandkids that I fish with their father, their grandfather, and I'm fishing with them, you know, and it's a little different, you know. The old guys shoot the back and stuff. These guys got an iPhone. <laughs> Man, I'm looking at photos on my wall right now as you're saying this, old pictures from yeah. back in the day and like, you know, I'm looking at one right now with Craig Kiefer and Steve Bledsoe. I can't remember the guy that came with them. I mean, this is just uh-huh. an average day in Trinity Bay, and they're holding these stringers up at the boat ramp, and mm-hmm. they're they're like fifty and sixty pound stringers. Uh huh. You know? Yeah, I got a. I know I love that stuff. I got a couple of guys, Bobby and Chris Gunther. I used to fish with a lot. Just super good sticks in the water, and I look at some of those fish those guys caught with me. You know, we had days where we we caught two fish over ten pounds in one day, Mickey. That just that's unheard yeah. of. You know. That, I've got, I got some photos hanging like in here. I got yeah. one of me and Blaine and G. Camp, Gene Campbell. We had uh, 27 trout over uh, 8 pounds and 3 over 9 yeah. in one trip. You know, that kind yeah. of stuff. You just, just don't see that stuff anymore. You just don't see that top end like that anymore, you know. And, you know, it's, it's, the things has changed so much. We would no, never keep a fish like that now. In fact, they, nobody no. thought about it. There are just millions of them. You well, they were on every street corner back then. <laughs> But now I look like, you know, we didn't always catch them, but if you went and specifically fished for them, you would catch them. It just depended on the party you had of how you fished that day, you know? I've got this neat video. It's uh, probably, I'm going to say 1989, before the freeze in 89, where I'm standing on a console, and Ernie Durr used to work at those fishing shows. Yeah, I know Ernie, or did know him, God rest his soul. I know it. He took his sunglass lens and popped it over the camera. And we stood on top of my mayak on my can- on my console with our, and I steered with my foot, and I'm going through the rocks. I'm steering around the rocks with my feet. I can't believe I did this. <laughs> Looked like it's a monkey me. riding a football. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what, buddy. The pictures of these big trout coming off the shoreline it will stop your heart. Look at this. You see these big weights coming, and then when they come in front of the boat, I slow down a little bit, and you just see these big black logs. Just four or five in a row is coming in front of the boat. These big weights, and the whole, not just one area, the whole shoreline, the whole. The hump, oh, you know, all man. the people were just full of big fish, you know. And you just shut, and you'd run them, and you find a bunch, and then you get behind them and shut down and bump the tow a little bit till you made it awake and throw at them. And it. Because they had no pressure. Now you try to run on like that, they'll shut them down for a while. But oh, yeah. You run them and bump the tow just enough to make them wake and push awake. If they were if they were gliders, if they pumped their tail one time and glided, you know, it was a big trout. They pumped a bunch of time, you know, it's a redfish. But those gliders, we'd throw at them out of the boat. Yeah. So, did, so did Doug. Doug would throw those thunder sticks and those float, floating baits broken back out of the boat, buddy. You catch it. Boy, so I tell that, you, man, that's, that's the, man, thunder sticks. I mean, that was, yeah, that? that was a heck of a bait for out of the boat. And then, uh, like the red fins, we used those waiting. You know, the, the, oh, yeah. the broken backs were kind of the big deal, but I got into the straight backs. I know you I couldn't throw them as far, but I mean, uh, I couldn't believe the big trout that bait would turn, especially that chrome and blue or the black and chrome. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and how they oh get sideways. Those pictures you told me, they get them sideways in their mouth, those straight baits. They, 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 harmonica they, 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 mouth. Yeah, I used to love that stuff. But, and you know what else happened, Mickey, is that one year that Doug and I got those broken backs when they changed the finish. They went from a rough finish to a, a solid, no, from a solid chrome finish into a rough finish. Right. Well, something happened on the tails. We had all those big trout pull the tails off those baits, and it was amazing. We we lost probably thirty or forty big trout that year because they ripped the back off it. You know that that fish were that big, and so they changed that again. They changed something there in the broken back where we didn't lose them like we did. And that's that's what you were smart about using those straight backs. They couldn't break it in half. 
They couldn't. Yeah. And plus, you had three treble hooks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had three hooks on a straight back. And yeah. uh, you put those triple grip hooks on there, and the more harder they fought, the more those hooks turned into them and grabbing meat. I mean, that was tournament city there. You didn't lose any fish it's with hurt. those. And that was our problem with, the, with some of the floating bikes, like jumping minnow stuff. They were so light, they'd pop them on the side of the head, they'd rake them off in the grass. Yeah. You know, and that was some of those straight backs, you get enough, you get enough stick in the mouth there, you get them in, you know. But, See, uh, the biggest so cool. trigger I ever caught was on straight backs like that, and every single trout that I hooked, once I initially set the hook in him and he made that initial run, the first thing he'd do is stand on his head in the mud trying to work that lure out of his face, and he couldn't get it out because he just, I mean, just had too much pressure on him. Plus, I'm I'm down on it, man, thumb on the reel trying to pull his head out of the mud, you know, to keep him from working that <laughs> lure loose. And you see that big old black yeah. wisp broom tail sticking out of the water oh, going. Enough, you know it's a pig I got when a, you see that. Oh, when, they, when they're wisp brooming on you like that, hey, you're in hog heaven then, buddy. That's, hey, tell me this. Do you, do you walk toward the fish or do you pull the fish to you when he's stuck in the mud? What's no, because I was in them so good you didn't want to walk towards him because you'd walk through all your fish and, and then your mud trail would be everywhere. It was in the soft mud bottom I was waiting, and you just had to uh, – you know, pull the fish out of the mud. Yeah. And hope you didn't break off. Uh-huh. I love that story. Jay told me a few years ago, I was talking to Jay and fishing Mansfield, you know, and he just caught a monster, like 11 pounds down there. And I said, well, Jay, how did you know it was a big fish? He said, when he thumped that corky, he's almost fooled me. And then he jumped in the air, jumped out of the water and stuck his tail up in the air, trying to get that plug out, that corky, but corky's in his mouth. He had the whole tail up in the air. I mean, what they won't do to get off that hook. I'm telling you, they say fish don't feel pain, but I'm, I got to argue with that one. <laughs> they feel something. I don't know whether it's the restriction or the, you know, but, uh, those, uh, you know, and it's weird that you'll catch one, you know, you'll throw out one cast, catch an eight pounder and he'll give you all you want. You think, my God, this is a 10 or 12 pound fish. He's spooling me. I'm never going to turn this fish. And then the yeah. next one you throw out and catch, you just reel him right in. <laughs> They're all different. They, so they are. That's what I well, like about trout. Every fight's before. different. Well, I thought about that, too, Mickey. Think about what that trout may have done before he, he hit your lure. Maybe he chased a mullet 30 yards. Well, that's <laughs> true. He may be tuckered out. He <laughs> had no maybe fight he left in him. Maybe he chased a mullet across the flats. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Catch, you know? He may have found something he could catch, your plug, you know, so he's right. going out. You know? but anyway, but looking for a good week. I got some, some trips coming up this coming week, and hopefully the weather let me fish toward the end of the week. We'll see what happens. Well, We're looking forward to your trip, Mickey. We're gonna have a blast when you're down here. I ordered some up. colors of uh, different colors of uh, soft dines yesterday, and, and yeah, I gotta uh, do that. I was gonna tell it. I'm gonna call. I need to call Mike. Mike. I thought Mike was coming the 19th. He's actually coming the 29th. Okay, I thought he was coming the day before you did. Well, but good. I we'll clean them all out before he gets there. That's all right. As long as you send us some toys, we'll be good, man. That's it. Yeah. Toys for the boys. Toys for the boys, man. That'd be fun. I'm into it. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, oh, and uh, there was something else I was going to ask you. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, oh, I was. You'll think is, of it. You'll think of it. What, when what's I the on. closest hotel to uh, Marker Thirty Seven I could book a room at and stay at? Well, you know, there's a, the Best Western North Padre Island Best Western right next to Causeway. A lot of people stay. That's I'm what, that's what I thought. I'll I'll look it up. I know the guys you come. With. I need to talk to the guys you come with. See if they've already got a place because maybe I can find something. I don't I don't think he does, but I can uh, I can go online and book it. You know, on my laptop. 
And, yeah, let uh, me find. Let me give me a day or something here. To look around here. And let me see what we can do. All right, dog. Sounds good. Well, look, Cliff. Somebody wants to call you about uh, catching some fish. How do they get a hold of you, man? All right, Mickey. Manerico three six one nine four nine zero seven zero seven. Hey, thanks for having me on, Mickey. Hey, thanks for uh, putting up with me, man. We're going to come down Bye, there bro. and do some fishing. <laughs> Let's roll. Bye, Happy Veterans Day to everybody too, man. Thanks, Bubba. Thank you, Cliff. See you, buddy. Later. All right, that's Captain Cliff Webb down in Corpus Christi. Great guy. A lot of fun, man. Well, Boyd's One Stop, they're the home of the supercharged, super slimy powerhouse croakers, and they're located right at the base of the Texas City Dyke, located at 227 Dyke Road. If you're looking for quality live bait for your next fishing trip, look no farther than Boyd's. From their tanks to your live well, that bait's as good as it can possibly be. And there's no better way to live your bait or your tournament fish than with their oxygen response system. They have them on display there at the store. You can check them out, all different size bottles, all their regulators and diffusers. They refill right there at the store. And if you need more info, call Jason Cogburn at 281-701-8107. And check out all their wild-caught guff seafood, whether you're looking for the big shrimp or medium size. They've always got the tails you're looking for and you know, live crab, whatever. Boyd's has got it going on, and their Cajun Grill next door puts out some pretty good food. Boyd'sOneStop.com. Call them at 409-945-4001, and when you do, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Saturday morning, Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day. Can't say it enough. And, uh, yeah, it was a good conversation with Cliff. You know, out of all the topics when it comes to outdoors, killing big bucks and catching big trout, it doesn't get much better than that. And hope uh, everybody's experienced it. All right. Well, let's run up to Penwa Campground and Marina on Lake Livingston and uh, check in with our good friend, Harry Detan. Harry, good morning. How are you, buddy? Hey, good morning, Mickey. How are you all this morning? Oh, couldn't be better. What's going on up in the Piney Woods this morning? Well, you know, uh, so Lake filled up. Sure did. I saw that. We're, uh, yeah, we're, we're, I think we're, we're a half a foot above normal pool, so. Goodness. That, uh, that made it pretty good. You know, we filled up. Uh, oh, we've been full for the last two or three days at least. But, uh, you know, they got that rain up in Dallas, and and, uh, and next thing you know, Livingston is coming It's coming right on up. In fact, we, it, it's not much, Mickey, but we got the biggest release we've had in a while. I think they're releasing like 8,500 cubic feet a second. Yeah. And uh, that's that's one of the larger releases we've had in what quite a quite a while. Man, I mean, over a year for sure, maybe longer than that. Up. I mean, what was that like two or three weeks ago? We were talking. What were you almost four foot low or something? Yeah, we was we we hit four foot low. We really did. Yeah, all. crazy. And uh, you know they got they got rain up in Dallas and and uh, and it took about six days for the water to get get down here and, and three days later we was full. Yeah, we sure was. I mean <laughs> that's crazy. 
it just filled right up. But, and you know, Livingston isn't a pond. That's a big lake. It's a big lake. You know, it really was. You know, we was four foot low, and uh, I was going towards uh, Huntsville, and I went over the big bridge, and I looked down both ways <laughs> of the lake, you know, and, and at four foot low, I said, that's a lot of water out yonder. I mean, that's, that's a lot of water, you know I mean? Right. And, uh, we, was, we was four foot low then, but it's a lot of water, but, you know, it doesn't. It is, uh, Livingston's got a huge amount of uh, watershed to it, so it collects water from a, a lot of different areas. And and when when we get a good general rain like that, it it just it just come right on up. So we was thankful of that. I guarantee you, we really was. I mean, uh, yeah, it. Uh, we was thankful it came right up. You know, it's a. Uh, we got sceny beans growing up out of the water, and I don't know if they'll stay alive or not. I have no idea. But uh, there's all kinds of vegetation that grew up around the uh, bank line and stuff. So, well, maybe we'll that'll see. help with the spawn this spring. I hope it does, Mickey. I really do. I hope it does. So, uh, anyway, things are pretty good. It's just kind of a gray, overcast morning. We, uh, you know, we got a little rain last night. We got an inch of rain yesterday, and and uh, everything's pretty everything's pretty damp up here in the woods. Uh, it's just kind of gray sky, no sunshine. Uh, uh, probably I don't know, Mickey. We're fifty something degrees up here, and, and no wind, so it's not that bad of a day. Uh, it sure is. So everything's kind of coming along, you know, about normal. Uh, we're getting. Uh, getting into that time of the year, you know, when everything goes to cooling off and everything. So, so uh, uh, we're we're right, I guess, right on schedule. Not long to Thanksgiving, so uh, everything will be all right. You know, I hadn't heard any good deer stories. Lately. I was just uh, fixing to ask you that if you'd seen any any big deer yet. I, I have not. You know, I hadn't hadn't seen a seen a thing. You know. But, Jeffcoat uh, sent me a picture. Oh, Mike Jeffcoat, a buddy of his over in Trinity, killed a real nice deer the other day. I mean, yeah, a nice yeah. one. Yeah. I don't know what it'll score, but I mean, it's 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 a shooter. It's a good one, big time. You know, there's a, you know, over the years, there's been a lot of real nice deer that's coming out of that Crockett area up yonder, and uh, uh, I had I haven't heard anything as of yet, but. But you know it's it's kind of uh, it's just right at the start of the season, uh, and the weather cools off a little bit. The deer go the deer are moving quite a bit. I mean, they've been uh, I've had a lot of doe and stuff like that running through my running through my property or grazing at night. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know with this rain uh, it'll park them right up. It'll, I think it'll help them a little bit. Sure will. But yeah. You know, it, it's uh, been really pretty pleasant weather up here on Livingston. I mean, you know, uh, 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 the guys running trot lines—they're—they're catching—they're catching some nice catfish. I'm, uh, I know two or three black bass fishermen. They fish, you know, not every day, but you know, quite a bit during the week. And they—they've uh, they've been doing pretty fair for this time of the year, especially on the low lake. And. Uh, I I haven't really uh, heard anybody say anything about the white bass this week at all, but uh, that don't mean that doesn't mean anything. I mean, uh, 
Oh, they're still out yonder. Uh, it's getting time, you know, with the weather cooling off, the, that old biological clock and, and the temperature, they'll turn and they'll start heading upstream. But it, I don't think they've done it yet. Uh, I don't think at all. I think the water hits. I think the water needs to get around sixty-one or sixty-two degrees. For, yeah, before they start yeah. moving north. Oh, before they start moving north, and even when they do that, they all don't go. You know, some of them will stay down here in the lake. They sure will. So anyway, uh, anyway, I was just really tickled that the lake came back up. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> if you look at things, Mickey, we're not long to springtime. And all. No, that's. And, you know, things for us, you know, it starts popping, you know, probably about the middle of January. And we're not, we're not that far off of, we're not that far off of the mark at all. But, uh, I did talk to, talk to a friend. He did kill a buck, you know. But, boy, I'll tell you what, now these guys, they, they do it a little bit different, uh, uh, than what I was used to, you know, uh, you know, he shot that deer out right away, five hundred and some odd yards. That's a long, Goodness. that's a long way. That's a poke right there. That's a poke, you know. But you know, with these new scopes and stuff, you know, they they dial them in. They 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 finish them off with their cell phone, you know, and then pull the trigger, you know. And I mean, that's that's a long way. Five hundred yards is a long ways down there, you know. I mean. Uh, I don't know. 500 yards, I don't think I could even see a deer 500 yards away anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a long way. That's a long ways off. But uh, That's a poke. Yeah, you know, when I was uh, in New Mexico and we was hunting all the time, you know, I mean, my gosh, we didn't have equipment like that. It wasn't available at all. But, uh, you know, I mean. You tell with I'll kill a I'll kill a lots and lots of deer with the four power scope, you know, I sure have and, and thought I was doing real good, you know, and uh that was that was it, you know. Then a two hundred yard shot and I mean that was a that was a pretty good shot, but now they can stretch they can stretch them barrels out pretty good and, and uh they can shoot a long ways down through there. As like a sniper rifle sniper rifle and all. Sure is, but uh but anyway, that's just kind of modern technology, you know. I mean, they can they can sure do it and all. We used to when we was uh, hunting a lot there in New Mexico. There was this one canyon we hunted up in the mountains, and it's kind of a rocky canyon. And, and uh, we uh, we called it bombing. But we'd get over on the sunny side, and those bear. Uh, if we was lucky, we'd see a bear come out on the other side, and uh-huh. there'd be two of us. One of us would shoot and we'd watch for the bullet to land, you know, and then we'd adjust off of where we saw the bullet land, you know, and uh, uh, that I don't know that was a long. I don't know how far it was. It's a long ways across. Uh, all I <laughs> all I know, you know, there wasn't no range finders or nothing, but we shoot a no, long way. Probably doing it with a three by nine scope too. Yes, sir. Well, just a, how about just a straight four power scope? We well, that up. too. Yeah, a lot of people hunting with four power. Yep, and uh, we just boy, we'd shoot across. And one year we killed a bear. It took us a it from where we were sitting at to where we were shooting. It took it took several hours just to get over you because you had to go out and around and come back right. down. You know? 
and then we got over yonder to it, and, and we had and we had to go downhill and just keep on going downhill because you'll run into a road down yonder sooner or later, you know. And I mean, we got it, we got it out, and I told old Mike that boy I was hunting with us, and my gosh, I said I don't know why we did this. I said we, we, we I wish we just could have just took a picture of it. And, and yeah, a bit off more than you could chew on that deal. Oh yeah, we did. It is a pretty nice bear. It's a little old brown bear, it's, but they'd they'd come out on those big old rocks early in the morning. They'd lay up yonder and they'd lay in the sun, and I guess they let the dew dry off their coats, you know. And, and uh, uh, they'd, uh, they'd they'd give us a shot, but that but you know, as the same canyon, I I told my brother one time he was shooting that that deer had come up out of the bottom is going over the top, and I I told him, the Lord David, what don't you shoot again, you're missing closer, you know, I mean, he was all the way in behind it, all the way, and, and all, but, uh, but anyway, that was back in the old days, it sure was. You know, I watch these videos, these guys in Alaska will shoot a big old moose, and man, just to dress it right there in the field, and skin it out, and quarter it up, and carry that out, what a job, my goodness. Oh, Lord, it's a lot of work. I mean, that's like a killing a horse, a moose is huge. It, it is. Yeah, yeah, Mickey, you remember the old Field and Stream and Outdoor Life magazine? Oh, who doesn't? I I grew up reading those, you know, when I was just a kid, you know, and I always like to look at the, the the back section of it, you know, and and uh, it had it have a great big old Kodiak bear and big old deer <laughs> and stuff, and. and uh, you know, I mean, then the the rules was a lot different. They'd have a, I mean, they would have, my gosh, they'd have, <laughs> they'd have fifteen, they'd have fifteen five to ten pound bass on the stick out yonder, you know, showing them off, you know, and, and right. Uh, uh, that you know, of course, that was in probably in the it was in the fifties, you know. I mean, but uh, there wasn't there wasn't near the comfort conservation of what there is now but you know i mean they was they'd have a picture with the big beautiful big old black bass that's hung up on a in a stringer and, and have these kodiak bear they'd cover they'd have that hide it it'd cover one side of a whole little old cabin there you know i mean oh yeah they'd out pretty good you know and, and uh a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of big old bear deer and elk and everything else you know well we were young growing up i mean you look forward to every weekend so you could watch mutual of omaha wild kingdom and and oh uh, yeah kirk gowdy i mean that was really the oh, only yeah. video stuff you ever saw you know and nowadays oh, yeah. i mean we got three outdoor yeah, channels it's 24 7 actually four or five yeah, yeah. that you can watch you know it just uh leaves nothing for the imagination anymore oh no oh no <laughs> I know. Yeah, they, yeah. But sometimes they make it look so easy, you know. I mean, they sure do. I mean, yeah, they, uh, <laughs> you know, they used to used to make these. Uh, oh, I don't know what they call it. Uh, uh, movies fishing. You know what I mean? They put them on yeah. TV and stuff. You go out and you get about three good three good hours of fishing, and they can make six shows out of it. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Time they got it all, all rounded up, 
It was a lot of fun doing that, though. It sure was. All right. And, uh, All right, Harry. Well, it's time for me to fold them up and head them out. If uh, somebody wants to call you up at Penwall, give them a number how they can get a hold of you, man. Well, Miggy, it looks like we're going to have a little rain today, and we need it. But uh, if anybody needs anything, give me a call up here. That number is uh, 936-967-4752. Have a good day, Mickey. Harry, thank you, and you have a good weekend. See you, buddy. All right. Take care. All right. That's Harry Detan up at Penwalk Campground and Marina Lake Livingston. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show, but we'll be back in the morning bright and early, 4 a.m. right here at Sports Radio 610 KILT Houston. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.